0: Neuro Pathways, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals exploring the latest research discoveries and clinical advances in the fields of neurology, psychiatry, neurosurgery, and neurorehab.
1: As the percentage of middle-aged and elderly population grows in the United States, so does the incidence of back pain and spinal deformity. In today's episode of Neuro Pathways, we're discussing frailty and prehabilitation in patients with chronic back pain and spinal deformity. I'm your host, Alex Herzen, neurologist in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. In an effort to explore the latest advances in neurological and neurosurgical practice, I'm very pleased to have Dr. Augusto Shaw Jr. join us for today's conversation. Dr. Shaw is a medical spine specialist in the Center for Spine Health in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Gus, welcome to Pathways.
2: Uh, thank you, Alex, for inviting me uh, into this podcast.
1: So Gus, before we get started uh, with the topic, tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you better. Uh, where are you from and where did you train and when did you begin your career at Cleveland Clinic?
2: Yes, I grew up in, uh, in the Philippines and I actually finished medical school there. After that, I, in '95, I started an internal medicine residency program at a New York University Hospital in New York. And after I finished that, I went to a postgraduate fellowship in rheumatology here at the Cleveland Clinic in 1999, and then went on to uh, do another um, medical spine fellowship. After, so I was uh, in private practice for a few years before coming back here as full-time staff in 2006.
1: And we're glad to have you with us. Gosh, let's start kind of broadly. We know that age can play a large role in frailty, but are there also other risk factors? Uh, And can you define frailty for us and why it matters?
2: Uh, Frailty is an aging-related syndrome which uh, leads to a physiologic decrease in overall functioning of the body. And this also increases uh, vulnerabilities uh, relating to uh, medical illness, Uh, stress relating to any medical or surgical procedure. So it's very important to differentiate physiologic age and chronological age. So an example for this is an 85-year-old gentleman who's relatively healthy, uh, well-controlled, hypertension, doesn't smoke, exercise, maybe less frail than a 65-year-old who has multiple medical issues, uh, who still smokes and does not do any exercise. Why does it matter um, in spine health? As you uh, correctly alluded in the introduction, the percentage of elderly uh, population is increasing here in the US. That comes with increased spinal disorders, increase in spinal pain and disability. As the aging process uh, assaults the physiologic functioning in our body, so does spinal diseases and spinal surgery also substantially increases the stress and vulnerabilities. So an example for this is a 65-year-old male with COPD, smoker, uh, coronary disease, who's uh, more sedentary. His functional reserve is lower than a 65-year-old who's in good health and who exercises daily and does not smoke. And if a spinal condition occur, like a lumbar herniation. The uh, healthier 65 a year old can adapt more easily, despite uh, lower functioning and increased level of pain. And if both of uh, these patients will need surgery eventually, the patient who has more medical comorbidities and poorer physical functioning tend to do, in general, worse with postoperative complication as well as poorer outcome. So it's very important to screen for frailty. In our elderly population.
1: So, when we're thinking about the spine surgery situation, you know, I think we all know that rehabilitation is crucial. Tell us a bit about a prehabilitation program and what kind of difference it can make uh, with post-surgery pain level and recovery time, and give us a bit more information about just what prehabilitation is. Yes, uh, prehabilitation is defined as
2: a process of pre. Operatively improving and maximizing functional capabilities in our elderly patients prior to any spine surgery. So, with the ultimate goal of decreasing uh, perioperative and postoperative complications, as well as improving outcomes after spine surgery.
1: We know that successful management of a patient's spine surgery depends on a number of factors, but also includes a number of healthcare providers. Can you talk about the multidisciplinary approach that your team takes in treating patients with frailty concerns and and the kind of goals set out for each member? Uh, As you know, Alex, the Center for Spine
2: Health is pretty multidisciplinary. So before even the patient uh, sees a spine surgeon, they have already seen a medical specialist like myself. And in that department, we have physical medicine specialists, rheumatologists costuopaths, spine interventionalists, and allied health professionals that sees the patient uh, initially and institute programs like a common program is physical therapy to improve overall functioning and lower their pain. We also use multimodal management approach with spine injections, non-opioid type pain medications, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, back-on-track programs. So, if the patient fails non-operative management or conservative management, and are deemed surgical candidates, we then refer to our surgical colleagues. And we have a protocol in spine surgery called the ERAS protocol or enhanced recovery after surgery. And frailty screening is one of those components, but it includes also smoking cessation, better control of diabetes, screening of bone health and osteoporosis in spinal fusion candidates, and also referring people who are obese, greater than 40 BMI for weight loss specialists. And if frailty is suspected, and this is usually a patient who's over 70 with multiple medical comorbidities, uh, decrease overall physical and cognitive function, then we refer them to a geriatric uh, clinic, for a comprehensive assessment of frailty. Uh, In this evaluation, there is assessment of overall physical functioning. Uh, This also includes depression and dementia screening and risk for uh, delirium is assessed and the medical comorbidities is assessed. Uh, There's also nutritional assessment and medication review looking at polypharmacy specifically a prehabilitation program based on the variables I mentioned is instituted and usually management goals are individualized so it's definitely a multi-disciplinary program that we
1: have here so it sounds like a pretty complex uh, preoperative process can you tell us a bit more about how these interventions might uh, improve post-operative outcomes after spine surgery
2: if uh, the patient already has problems with gait, speed, and strength, the physical therapy can improve uh, s- strength, like in our patients who have sarcopenia. Uh, in other ones, we know that people who have um, multiple medication or polypharmacy and who already has high risk for delirium uh, initially and then uh, you know address the issue, then we are more successful post-operatively. And that's together with with diabetes control and heart disease and C O P D, you know, medical uh, assessment and management prior to surgery, it's probably better to do it preventively than post operatively.
1: But well, I guess the, the whole conversation about frailty has broader impact in medical care. I mean anything that you think we could be changing in our practice to reduce frailty in our patient population? Are there things we should be working on even before they get to you guys? to help the situation?
2: Yes, I,
1: I definitely um, half of the
2: component of frailty is in the uh, physical deconditioning. So we encourage patients to exercise daily, strength training, and aerobic conditioning. We also uh, try to avoid you know, opiate-type medication that may cause more problems uh, you know, post-operatively. And certainly uh, other medical risk factors should also be sought out and treated.
1: Well, God, thank you so much for joining us today. It uh, sounds like you guys are doing some great work. So thank you for your time and your insights and, and have a safe rest of your day. Okay, you too. Thanks, thanks for inviting me.
0: This concludes this episode of Neuropathways. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real time updates from experts in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute on our Consult QD website. That's consultqd.clevelandclinic.org/slash neuro, or follow us on Twitter at MD, All one word, that's at C-L-E-Clinic-M-D on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.